0: This audio presentation was pre-recorded and edited for brevity and clarity. Hello, my name is Amanda Russell, and I am pleased to be here with you today for today's Macular Degeneration Chat, Managing Wet AMD, Basics and Treatment. For those of you who are new to our chat series, this chat is brought to you today by Bright Focus Foundation. We fund some of the top scientists in the world who are working to find better treatments and ultimately cures for macular degeneration, glaucoma, and Alzheimer's disease. And we do events like today's chat to get the latest news from science as quickly as possible to families that are impacted by these diseases. You can find much more information on our website, brightfocus.org. Now, I am pleased to introduce today's guest, Dr. Soendra Sharma. Dr. Sharma is the Senior Vice President of Medical Affairs at Outlook Therapeutics. He has 15-plus years of experience in the pharmaceutical and biotechnology industries. Dr. Sharma, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Hi, it's my pleasure. Uh, I am looking forward for our discussion today. Thank you.
0: Great. First, let's start off with the basics. Often people receive a diagnosis of macular degeneration, and it is not clear whether they have wet AMD or dry AMD. What is the difference between wet AMD and dry AMD, or its advanced form, geographic atrophy?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, So age-related macular degeneration, which is known as AMD, is a progressive eye disease that affects the macula, which is the central part of retina that allows you to see fine detail. It is one of the leading causes of vision loss and blindness in people over, over age of 50. There are two types of AMD dry AMD and wet AMD. Uh, dry AMD is more common and progresses slowly over time, causing thinning of the macular tissues and the formation of small yellow deposits called durcin. Uh, wet, wet AMD is less common but more serious and occurs when abnormal blood vessels grow underneath the retina, which can leak fluid and blood, causing rapid and severe. Loss. While both dry AMD and wet AMD result in central vision loss, wet AMD characterized by abnormal vessel growth and fluid leakage, while dry AMD is characterized by macular thinning and is not answered by abnormal growth fluid. Thanks for that description.
0: And what about geographic atrophy?
1: So, when we're talking about geographic atrophy, it creates clearly an area of absence of a layer of retina, at least 175 micrometers in diameter. It is considered to be the late stage of dry AMD.
0: Great. So, back to wet AMD, what are the signs and symptoms that people should look out for?
1: Absolutely. Let me walk you through some of the signs and symptoms of the wet AMD, uh, which is blurred vision, destroyed vision, especially when you see straight light lines and which banks, having difficulty recognizing faces or reading due to the loss of detailed vision. You may see a well-defined blurry spot or blind spot in the field of vision when significant loss in both eyes, visual hallucination may occur as well. And, of course, color and brightness perception may be reduced.
0: Thanks. Um, who is at risk for developing wet AMD? Is it genetic?
1: Uh, Some of the common risk factor for wet AMD includes being over age of 50, having high blood pressure, eating a diet that is high in saturated fat, and, of course, family history of wet AMD and cigarette smoking will play a role. If you smoke, the medical recommendation is to stop smoking.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, can you share with us a few of the key terms about wet AMD and also about how many people are impacted by wet AMD?
1: Absolutely. Let me walk you through a few basic terms, some anatomy of dying and how common it is to have wet AMD. Uh, so when we talk about an eye, uh, especially for wet AMD, the retinal disease. So retina is the inner layer of the back of your eye that is responsible for seeing light and bringing that information to your brain. Whereas macula, the circle, the circular region of the retina, and at the back of the eye, which is responsible for our central vision color vision, and fine visual detail. Then you have drusen. These are the yellowish or whitish lipid or protein deposits, which when accumulates in the retinal layers, leads to atrophy or wasting away uh, of the retina. And then we talk about neovascularization. This is the process of growth of new blood vessels. Here, it is leading to formation of new blood vessels, which are weaker and can leak the fluid and proteins. Based on a 2019 census survey, the prevalence of wet AMD among individuals over 40 years uh, old was around 10 to 15%, which expected to diagnose about 70,000 new cases of wet AMD every year in US.
0: Wow. Um, so let's talk about what happens to the structure of the eye when you have wet AMD. What are the main differences between a healthy eye and an eye that has been impacted by wet AMD?
1: That's a great question again. The main region affected in wet AMD are the retinal layers of the eye. In the wet AMD, the eye has neurovascularization and subretinal hemorrhage, leading to formation of scar tissues over the macula and further central vision loss. A healthy eye has a clear, and undamaged macula, while an eye impacted by wet AMD experience, progressive damage to the macula resulting in central vision loss.
0: Great. Uh, this next question, get, we get asked a lot. Um, once you have been diagnosed with wet AMD, what does the future look like? How quickly does the wet AMD progress?
1: Uh, absolutely. Let me Let me give you some insight on that. So patients who were diagnosed with wet AMD in one eye have about 20 to 42% chance of developing wet AMD in both eyes within two to three years of initial diagnosis. The speed of wet AMD progression can vary significantly between individuals. Some people with AMD may experience slow progression, while others may unexpectedly experience a rapid decline in vision For these reasons, it is important to continue following up with your physician, even if you are not experiencing symptoms of identifying any changes early. Likewise, if you are experiencing symptoms, make sure to consult your physician as soon as possible, and he or she will guide you for your further uh, actions.
0: Great. So... You know, once you've talked to your physician and they've confirmed you have wet AMD, what types of treatments are available for people with wet AMD?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So today, uh, the current standard care of treatment for wet AMD is anti vegf therapy, and these types of drugs have been used for many years. They are supported by a lot of safety and efficacy data. So physicians are very comfortable and are uh, using them. They're all injected in into the back of the eye, which is known as an intravitreal injection.
0: Great. You mentioned anti-VEGF therapy. What does VEGF stand for, and how does this therapy keep wet AMD at bay?
1: Uh, VEGF stands for vascular endothelial growth factors. It is a protein that promotes the growth of blood vessels. Anti-VEGF agent binds to VEGF ligand or the VEGF receptor and thereby inhibit the formation of new fragile blood vessels permitting the retinal layers. If these blood vessels were to be allowed to form, they can grow quickly and and cause fluid leakage. When anti-VEGF therapies are used, these vessels do not grow as quickly and the fluid leakage is reduced. This slows down the damage to the retina and subsequently slow down vision loss.
0: Great. I'm glad we have this um, kind of drugs to help slow down. Um, But are there any risks with this anti-VEGF therapy?
1: So, you know, while this treatment is safe and effective, there are some potential risks and side effects associated with anti-VEGF therapy. The complications that may arise are generally due to injection itself. These may include an increase in pressure within the eye immediately following the injection and perhaps an inflammatory reaction at the injection site. But those are limited and temporary, and, and you know, they tend to go away uh, in, in one or two days. Okay, that's great. Uh,
0: what types of treatments uh, should we look forward to, or what may be coming up on the horizon?
1: Uh, Currently, the majority of VET-AMD patients are on the traditional treatment option of anti vetf agents, but some potential future options may include gene therapy, biosimilars, and bio of existing molecules.
0: Great. Can't wait to hear more about those in the future. Um, Let's go back to uh, the beginning. What should someone expect when they go to their very first visit? Uh, We frequently receive questions about injections and the differences in approaches. For example, the different substances that are used to clean the eye or numb the eye, and whether the eye is propped open or not. Can you walk us through what a typical injection scenario is and share some of these differences that may come into play in techniques?
1: Absolutely, it is my pleasure. Uh, you know, in an anti VEGF injection for wet AMD, the eye is numbed, cleaned, and then only then injected with the anti VEGF agents of choice. Now, your retina specialist will determine the best techniques based on the patient's needs or the severity of the wet AMD. So uh, I, you know, highly recommend. Uh, your your physician will decide what procedure is best recommended for you.
0: Yeah, and so you might have a different technique than your friend who has a different doctor, I, I could assume, um, yes, depending definitely. on your individual needs. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, how about this question? Why is anti-VEGF therapy treatment not something that would be useful for people with dry AMD?
1: Yeah, this is interesting and good questions. Uh, An anti-VEGF therapy is effective in slowing down the progression of wet AMD by reducing the growth of abnormal blood vessels and preventing further damage to the macula. However, in dry AMD, the underlying mechanisms are different, and the anti-VEGF therapy does not address the underlying cause of the disease.
0: That makes sense. Um, different treatments for different conditions, yeah. Um, Yeah. We know that monitoring and screening are critical in detecting wet AMD early before there is significant vision loss. At what age should people begin annual screenings?
1: So I highly recommend, and you know, the practice by uh, the American Academy of Ophthalmology, annual screening for all AMD should be should begin at age 40, uh, especially for individuals without symptoms, as recommended, you know, uh, by American Academy of Ophthalmology. With more frequent exam needed for those with the risk factor, it's important to seek personalized advice with from your ophthalmologist if diagnosed with that AMD. That's great advice. Um...
0: So what type of doctor should I see if um, I start experiencing any symptoms or even if I don't?
1: So the first thing you want to do, anything when it comes to your eye, you want to see your ophthalmologist, right? Consult your ophthalmologist, what symptom or ex- you're experiencing, and then your ophthalmologist will decide typically where to send you, whether it's a retina specialist, if you were diagnosed with MD or if you're diagnosed with other diseases, then he or she will recommend uh, where to go from there.
0: Great, so it's just good to start with the ophthalmologist and they will you know, refer you from there. Great, um, and if people already have a diagnosis, what is the likelihood about your second eye uh, being at risk? And are there other ocular conditions that your doctor should be monitoring for?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, when you go to a physician's office at two year post of the initial diagnosis of wet AMD, about 86% of these patients are affected in both eyes. This may include wet AMD, dry AMD, or geographic atrophy as we discussed earlier. Your doctor may also examine you for further ocular conditions with wet AMD, which may include cataract, diabetic retinopathy, glaucoma, retinal inclusion, or myopia. So all these diseases, you know, if once you've been diagnosed, if when you go to the physician and he or she is diagnosed, you know, examining you, uh, they may look out for these diseases as well.
0: Right. So it's really important to, you know, keep up with your appointments and, you know, get all of your – exams done in case there's other other conditions um, there as well. Um, well, Dr. Sharma, we just ran through a bunch of questions um, really quickly, actually. Um, I think we've gotten to the end of what we had um, on our list. The next Bright Focus Macular Chat is going to be held on Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. Uh, Dr. Sharma, before we conclude today, are there any final remarks you would like to share with our audience?
1: Absolutely, first of all, I would like to thank you so much for the opportunity to join and discuss with AMD. And again, I highly recommend that people follow up with their ophthalmologist to make sure they are being screened and evaluated for all of the conditions that we have discussed. And you know, uh, if they have any questions, Make sure they get the answers for it from their physicians. And uh, once again, thank you so much.
0: That was, that was all such great advice. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, this concludes today's Bright Focus Macular Chat. The information provided in this recording is a public service of Bright Focus Foundation and is not intended to constitute medical advice. Please consult your physician for personalized medical, dietary, and or exercise advice. Any medications or supplements should only be taken under medical supervision. Bright Focus Foundation does not endorse any medical products or therapies.